Would you pray with me, please? Loving God, we thank you for a living church, a church that is alive through you, in your spirit, and through our faith in your living presence. And we thank you for the, the faith that dwells in our hearts and that dwells in our hearts through all the generations that have brought us here. Help us, dear Lord, to reflect on how we may bring new generations into Christ for the sake of your kingdom. And so may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto thee, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, either through us or in spite of us, speak to us, thy people. We pray. Amen. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. May the Lord have mercy, my beloved siblings in Christ. May Christ have mercy for us and for all of God's children. May the Lord have mercy for all of God's children yet to come into this world and for all who have left it. I hope that I'll be able to start today with something that would bring complete Christian joy from the bottom of my heart. And I will get to that, I promise, to the best of my ability today. But it's hard for me to do that today at a time when my heart is heavy with the loss of human life in Christ Church, New Zealand, ended by tragic violence. Violence that ended the lives of people who only wanted to worship God in peace. Amen. And yet, as always, our Holy Bible gives us comfort and hope in the middle of human loss. Today, in our reading from the Hebrew book of Genesis, we're reminded that a man named Abram, a selfless man, who had turned away from wealth and war and tit-for-tat justice. This man was visited by the God of heaven and earth. And Abram was defenseless. And our God offered to Abram God's protection as a shield. And Abram and his wife Sarai were childless. And our God offered to them both more generations of children from them than there were stars in the evening sky. And Abram heard these promises from the God of heaven and earth. And there was no reason for Abram to believe God. His life. It had come to an end. There was, there was nothing worth taking because, after all, he had no children to give things to. And yet, this insignificant man, blessed by the high priest Melchizedek, for his selfish defense of defenseless people, became the most significant person in the history of faith because Abram, who God would rename Abraham, decided to believe in unbelievable promises from a loving God. God would protect him, and God would help countless of generations of believers who shared Abram's faith to come from Abram, including Jews and Christians and Muslims. Score one for Abram, said our God. Abram is willing to love me and to trust me when everything seems hopeless so that faith may live. In faith, we can't always get our hands around the scope and the meaning of God's promises to us so easily. We're just everyday people. 
You can only see so far ahead, so far around, so far below, so far above. So when Abram, God said to Abram that he would have more generations of children than there were stars in the sky, Abram, like most of us, he would have been lucky to count 5,000 stars on, on a good night, right? And, and there were actually uncountable stars out there, but Abram couldn't see them, much less guess at them. God makes promises to us that seem impossible, even ridiculous. But that doesn't mean that they're not out there. 44 years ago, I was in a field on a starry night like Abram. And I was a, a camp counselor at, at a place called Camp Aldersgate in Swartzwood, New Jersey. And it was for a summer camp program run by the United Methodist Church, and it was my third summer as the camp counselor. And I'd gone from having a vague idea or so about my faith to a deeper understanding of faith, and I had started to feel God move in my heart more loudly, and I started to learn about what it was to be a member of a leader of a faith community, bringing young people to Christ. And the sky that night was amazing. Comets were flying everywhere. And the stars were shining brightly. And I read to my, my camp kids from the book of Genesis about how God created the heavens and the earth. And we started to talk together, the kids and I, about our, our amazing God. And none of us that night could count more stars than Abram did. But we all had a sense of how great our God was. And then, something happened. The camp, men, the camp managers, they came up the hill from the watch into the field to quiet us down and to tell us to go to bed. And, and when they said that, something happened in me. And it's hard to describe to you really what it was. It, it wasn't anger. It wasn't defiance, it was that what I can only describe to you as a movement of the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, I jumped up out of my sleeping blanket and threw down my flashlight. And I cried out at the top of my voice, Christ knows no hour. Christ knows no hour. And I was shocked. And the camp managers were shocked. And, and the kids were shocked. And the next day, they were running around the, the camp. Uh, screaming out, Christ knows no error! Christ knows no error! It was, it was weird. But it was an amazing experience. And, you know, as I got the kids to settle down for a good night's rest under the stars that night, I felt in my heart a promise from God, my Gabriel as he was counting stars on a starry night thousands of years ago. God promised to me, as God has promised to countless servants of God through these years, that I'd be part of a birthing process for countless generations of people of faith. And there was no way that I could understand that, how that could be at that time in my life any more than Abram could, or anyone else could. 
But I believed. And today at a time, I, I responded. And I was asked by God to believe this promise, even though I failed miserably at my first attempt at seminary 42 years ago. I was asked by God to believe this promise, even when Jean and I, Junette and I knew that we'd never had any grandchildren. I was asked by God to believe this promise even after I struggled to understand the unbelievable loss of my friends and co-workers at the World Trade Center on September 11, 2001, at a place where I was supposed to be that day. I was asked by God to believe this promise when one day, 16 years ago, I walked into a United Methodist Church as a, for the first time as adults to start a life of Christian discipleship, and responded to God's promise. I was asked to believe this promise when nearly broke and looking at the one good chance that could turn my business around. I put it aside and picked up a folder to apply to the seminary yet again, six years ago. And now, by God's grace and by the grace of of God's many people who have helped me to heal and to grow as a person and as a Christian disciple and as a pastor. I'll be commissioned by our New York Annual Conference in June as a provisional elder in our church. In that field in New Jersey, under those stars, I could not have possibly imagined what this journey could look like. I just believed in it. By God's grace, God has reckoned it to me as God has reckoned it to so many other people as righteousness. My life and faith now is about believing in the next generation. We'll all be gone soon enough. Will God's vision for us to bring new generations of faith be limited by the stars that we can count in the sky? Or will it be limited only by our willingness to believe that God, God counts stars better than we do? Amen? Amen? We'll never visit all those stars, ever. But by God's grace, we can spread the wings of our faith and start to live lives that lead to Easter promises, Easter hopes, Easter joys that will help us to pass on something of immense and lasting value for generations to come. Something greater than all of God's stars. Faith. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ knows this. And Jesus gave us an example of how we can fulfill Abram's promises. In Luke's Gospel, Jesus was sad. And so many of us are sad today because the people of Jerusalem were unprotected by people who were more interested in politics and passions than the promises of God. Like that gunman in Christchurch, New Zealand, just the latest in generations of people killing innocent people of faith, Jesus faced an insane world ready to kill the righteous movement of God's Holy Spirit that Jesus had brought to earth from heaven. Jesus wanted none of this. Ever. 
Jesus wanted to gather us all in, God's people, unshielded against the world of sin, and bring them in under his wings, like a hen brings her chicks in under her wings. Think of it. Jesus, Son of God, Son of the Maker of heaven and earth, wanted to be like a hen. What chance does a hen have against a fox? Not much. But by giving a chance, taking a chance, and by defending her chicks against the fox, her chicks have a chance, like we have a chance. And this is what a man named Jesus wanted to do so that we could help generations to come alive in Christ forever. Be like God. Let's say it again, please. Be like God. We're here to find Christian hope and Christian joy. And we're here to look beyond the latest gunmen, the latest hatred, the latest temptations, the latest sorrows, and to believe in amazing promises from God. Promises that grow when we commit ourselves to being the ones who will help create the next generation of faith-filled people. People who will help the world to believe in the promises of God again and again. And it's not easy. It takes time. It takes the willingness to believe in things that we will never be able to count, much less see. It takes the willingness to be like God, a God who is already tugging at our hearts and asking us to look towards the promises of Easter sunlight. The dawn is coming. The stone on the cold grave is about to roll away. Let's help the next generation to believe in that promise. Amen. Our response is God. We have a moment for the mission of the church. We thank you, people who have been coming here for your lives. We thank you for people who are just walking the door for the first time. We are a church that celebrates service in Christ to one another and to God's world. And so we have a, a special moment of mission this morning that we'd like to celebrate. Women, or the UMW as it is often abbreviated, has approximately 800,000 members globally. The entire program and organization focuses on mission. It works to empower women and provide them opportunities in the most remote parts of the world. Its ministry in the local congregation and its mission work that extends worldwide can be celebrated. I invite and encourage all women to come to our meetings to learn more and to share new ideas. It can be uplifting. It can be fun. We laugh. We eat sometimes. We have a camaraderie. We share ideas. We serve others and work at fundraising events. And all the money we raise goes to providing care and opportunity to others. This morning, as part of our mission focus, 
Our UMW has the privilege of honoring someone who exemplifies the concept of doing mission work for you, this church, the community, and beyond for her entire life. Everybody. Uh, it was a beautiful morning because I was in the driveway and there were three robins on my front. So I'm thrilled. Um, today is my honor to ask Patty Uhas. <laughs> Come forward, please. You did a pretty good job, didn't you, Contributions to this church over her lifetime. You know, we're the little ducks from Calvary Avenue, so it's hard. Um, Patty's life at South Trinity started at an early age as her family lived on Cutlery Avenue behind the church. She was part of a large group of kids that partook in Sunday school. MYF, church pageants, and much more. Growing up in this church molded Patty into the person she is today, and her love of the church shows in all she does. Patty's parents were Esther and Al Taylor. She has four sisters, Leah from Nevada State, and Jerry, who is a parishioner here at our church. Uh, Patty married her husband, Mike, in 1967. They met at South Trinity, in Sunday school as kids. Who would, who would think, huh? <laughs> After they married, uh, Mike went off to the Navy and Patty entered nursing school. Patty is a natural caregiver and had a long career as a nurse, and even now is willing to care for anyone who needs her help. That's my place. <laughs> she has one daughter, Megan, who is married to Bill, and they have two children, Taylor and William. These grandkids are the apple of her eye, to say the least. <laughs> uh, Patty has served the church by helping with the bazaar, mission team support, and this is a biggie, cleaning the kitchen and sanctuary <laughs> for health inspections. As a trustee chairperson, she oversees many responsibilities of our four buildings, keeping track of roofs, leaks, oil delivery, lease agreements, and much more. She recently accepted the responsibility and care of many of our historical albums put together by Emily Bellinger. She has organized and found a safe, secure place for them in the Clark Room, which is over in the other building. Her personal baby is the Strawberry Festival in June, which is one of our biggest fundraisers. In addition to working on fundraisers, she's always willing to lend a hand baking and cooking for church activities, because we all know we just 
eat a lot and sing. Um, and finally, Patty shows her love and compassion to newcomers and those of us who are the old timers. At this time, Patty, a big thank you for all you've done. And now we'd like to present you with the UMW Five Star Award. Also with this team comes your special mission recognition.
please pray for my boyfriend and his family that they will find it in their hearts to forgive one another and be at peace. I do wish for them to let things go that they must not, that are not good for me and for them. I can't read the signature. That's a beautiful thought. And someone's praying for somebody else's family to be whole. That's what we need to do throughout our city. I, I all had a special prayer uh, earlier this year. This Sunday, I wanted us to pray for a young man named John, who is uh, being helped through the Transitional Aging Center. Uh, and for all the children of the Transitional Aging Center here at Maryland at the Women and Family Center, that all of our young people may heal and grow and become better adults through our ministries and mission. Let's pray together, please. Loving and amazing God who created heaven and earth, your magnificence is more than the stars in the sky. We're lucky if we can count a few on a good night here in Maryland. May the hopes that we have for you be countless. May everything in our heart that is beyond measure of hope be given to you. May love that comes from you beyond measure come into our lives and give us a sense of forgiveness and, and wholeness and joy knowing that your life came to us for a good and loving purpose. And may we, through your people in Christ, through your healing and grace, offer your light and your love to the world so that the world may be a beautiful place for generations to come. Help us not to be discouraged by our own shortcomings, but give us the faith and the connection to one another to be encouraged and hopeful, even in the darkest of times. These things we pray for in the blessed and almighty name of Jesus Christ our Lord, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you for being part of a church that is spreading God's love, making you present and active right here in this place, in this world. And then thanks for that. We are now presenting our tithes and offerings to the glory of God's work through this church.
Please say, Amen. Amen. 